Welcome to Sprinkle with Hope podcast and your host, Shane. Today, our guest is Beth Cavanaugh. She is a hospice nurse and, and just talks a lot about um, the moments leading up to death. I, I think sometimes that's a scary topic to talk about, but I really enjoyed our discussion. I think she gives some really good advice on ways that we can prepare ourselves and our loved ones if they're going through that. Yeah. And I, I, I would agree. And I think it's, it's, we need to have these important conversations, um, before they, they arise. And so I, I loved the discussion. I loved that she was asking us questions and, and I love that interaction with our guests and, and, and when they are able to join us in our, our podcast family. And with that, we are so grateful to each one of you who listened to this to our messages about hope and positivity and love. And, and this is no different. This is all about hope and finding that hope at the end of your, of your life, your life's journey. And so thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And if you haven't been told today, you are worth it. You are worthy. You are loved. And Shane and I send our love to you. And thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And here we go, Beth Cavanaugh. Welcome to the Sprinkled with Hope podcast. This is Jason. And this is Shane. And it's podcast time. Welcome to Sprinkled with Hope podcast and your host, Shane. Today, our guest is Beth Cavanaugh. She is a certified hospice and palliative care nurse. I think I said that right an educator with over 14 years of experience in caring for terminally ill patients. She has been a registered nurse for over 24 years and holds a bachelor's degree in nursing from Creighton University. Beth has supported hundreds of patients and their families at inpatient units, in the home setting, and behind the scenes in hospice care. Compassion, patient autonomy, and transparent communication are the core of her care philosophy. Beth hopes to demystify death and dying so that powerful moment will embrace will be embraced as a normalized and celebrated life event. You can learn more about her at BethCavanaugh.com. Beth, thank you so much for joining us today. We're really looking forward to this discussion. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm looking forward to forward to it too, because I have no idea where it's going to (laughs) go. That's the beauty of these podcasts is we don't either. So just, just to give you a little bit of background last night, uh, my wife and I actually went to a mortuary. Um, We met with the guys there and we, they took us downstairs and there's this whole room of coffins. And I thought, Oh, this is a little bit creepy. (laughs) I've never seen that many coffins. So, but we're starting to maybe plan for that. I'm not, I'm not saying I, I expect to die soon, but <laughs> um, so just something that yeah. I thought I'd share. So Beth. Wow. Um, wow. I mean, that's so, you seem so young to be planning for that. You like <laughs> might be the youngest person I ever know who's been to a mortuary. <laughs> I Looking am. around well, for a coffin. Yeah. Yeah. We just thought we should plan a little bit, maybe before the cost of everything goes way up. Mm-hmm. So we're just mm-hmm. looking into it and we'll see what happens. But wow. talk to us a little bit about your background and and what what drives you to help people with this like everybody's going to have to go through this point. Yeah. 
Um, but what, why do you do this? Yeah, good question. Um, my background is I've been a nurse for 25 years and a hospice nurse for 15. Um, I think the biggest experience that I had there, there have been a lot of experiences that kind of put me on this path, but the, the most profound one was my own mom's death. And I was able to take care of her for the last three months of her life before she died from lung cancer. And I had so many questions when I was taking care of her and I'm a nurse. I, I had been a nurse, just, I was a new nurse, but you know, I'm a, I'm a trained, trained medical professional. So I had so many questions when I was on this journey with her and, you know, it's awkward all of a sudden going from daughter to caregiver, you know, I was giving her showers and taking her to the commode and, um, you know, it's an intimate journey. And, um, I, I wrote my book so that people could have more information about how to care for someone at the end of life. And it's about, I mean, a lot of it's about based on my own experience, um, being a caregiver for a loved one, but also all of my hospice experience and, and, you know, knowledge that I've accumulated over the years. And I think my, my drive I don't know. You know, it's kind of like what drives you guys to do your podcast. Yeah, I mean, sure. you just kind of, you follow an inclination, right? I mean, yeah. and, and you just go with it. My, one of my biggest things in my life is just to keep following my heart and have things line up with my heart. And I've gotten better at it over the years. You know, a lot of times there's, there's the headpiece that mm-hmm. gets thrown in there and um, the practical side of me, but um so I just keep trying to follow my heart and do things that I'm excited about and feel like I can offer to people. I, I really feel like being with somebody at the end of their life is one of the most sacred things you you can be privileged okay. to be part of. And so I, I actually just feel lucky to be in the room. Yeah. I, and I can imagine that you've you know, being in these situations, you've also learned to, you know, grow your compassion for others. Right. And so how is, how is that, you know, like compassion been a a part of this whole, you know, you being this hospice care and helping these people at the end of their life, what's compassion to you? That is, I love that question. I, you know, it's interesting. I'm pretty sure I was, uh, well, I've become a much more compassionate nurse since I got into hospice. And um, so August 2006 is when I landed at this beautiful hospice home in Portland. And I worked with all of these nurses that were so present and kind every step of the way, like the difficult meaning, you know, there's a lot of when families are there with them, there's a lot of anger. There's a lot of grief, heavy, heavy grief. Um, It's really intense at this time. And I watched, I mean, a lot of my compassion came from just watching my nurse mentors and all the aides that I worked with at that time and really trying to develop my own sense of compassion. Mm -hmm. Um, and even my husband will admit that I, 
I became, <laughs> this is a little embarrassing, but that I became a much nicer caregiver <laughs> to him when he was sick. He was like, what is different about you? And I go, I'm really actually working on being compassionate. And uh, because nurses are, um, you know, our drive is to like make people independent and get up and, you know, you got to yeah. get out of the hospital bed so you can go home. So we're, we're kind of trained that way. Sure. And um and the compassion piece, it can be learned. I'm here to tell you, it can be learned. And um, you also have to do a lot of work to stay compassionate and stay composed and grounded. And so over the years, I have um, developed a lot of practices. Um, it could be prayer, it could be meditation, it could be nature, um, really being intentional about how I stay centered. And if I'm feeling off kilter, know that I need to pull back maybe on social events or say no to things or, you know, go on a little trip somewhere away and be by myself. Um, so I, I try to be very intentional about that. I, I definitely know when I'm not as compassionate <laughs> as I can be. And, you know, it, it's a constant practice being compassionate and, you know, I'm, yeah, so I'm not, I'm definitely not, my family will tell you, I'm definitely not compassionate all the time, but it is, you know, it's something I strive for. And I think it makes me a better nurse. So I like that advice. I like the word intentional. I'm finding personally that I'm learning more about that every day, that in life, we need to be more intentional with a lot of things that we do. So I'm curious to know your experience. What are maybe one or two things that you've found that people perceive about dying and hospice that maybe we could all learn a lesson before we get into that you know, we, one of our close family members is close to dying. What's something that we can learn right now before, before that happens? Um, well, there's a lot of things. I mean, I, I really, um, it, are you guys, is there a family taking care of this family member? Yeah. So let's say there is a, a family member. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, well, I mean, there's a lot of information when, when most hospice occurs in patients' homes um, and family is taking care of them. And the learning curve is really steep for family members to kind of figure out what medications are and what kind of symptoms they're having and um, how to prepare. So um, gathering up information and usually hospices have a lot of information on the medications, anxiety, confusion, constipation, shortness of breath. So just like brass tacks, I would get some information that can be helpful um, to guide you on this journey. So there is less anxiety and fear. Mm -hmm. And, um, and also I think it's really important to, a lot of people don't think about this, but thinking about the moment of death and how you want to be like, like you were talking about being more intentional about how you show up with somebody, which is easy to do when somebody's dying, I think, mm -hmm. which is part of the beauty of this work is I think people really realize, oh my God, you know, grandpa only has maybe a month left. Mm -hmm. And I think people can be much more intentional about the way they show up, how often they show up. And, um, 
and thinking about the moment of death. I, I say this because my mom, when she died, um, we put her in clean pajamas after she died. I mean, there were, there were a lot of other things that happened at that moment, but we put her in clean pajamas and then she was whisked away from the, you know, the funeral home came and just took her in a body bag and took her away. And, and um, I feel like I do rituals now. We do rituals at our hospice home at the end of life after somebody dies. And it's, it's being intentional with this moment because the moment when somebody dies and after they've died is very profound and sacred. Uh-huh. And you can really be intentional, like maybe think about what you want to put your mom or your dad in. Maybe there was a favorite, you know, jersey that dad liked to wear or a, a gown for your mom or something and um, have a have a flower and maybe play music and um, and maybe say a prayer or a poem that speaks to the patient and or the family, um, really, really cultivating a, some kind of end-of-life ritual in this moment. Um, yeah, because I think it helps down the road with your grief process. You know, I, I think about that moment for me with my mom when she was whisked away and it's jarring uh-huh, and it makes yeah. me feel sad that we didn't think about it. And it makes me feel like it's not unfinished business, but I feel like it could have been so much more profound for my family. My, my dad, who was in a, you know, state of denial the entire time while my mom was dying. Um, So I think it's really important to think about um, the moment of death and after the death and, and be very intentional as you're saying. Yeah. I like that. I, as you were kind of talking, it made me think that this is, you know, some people don't or may not want to talk about this particular subject, right? And so what's kind of, you know, maybe some things that will help kind of prepare us or get over that fear, you know, of talking about these subjects and 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 really being that intentional or, mm-hmm. you know, thinking about, because uh, we may not want to talk about it but I think it's, it is important and it is a sacred thing that, that is going to happen, right? That they're, they're going to be, you know, taken to a different place. And so um, have you found anything that maybe helps some of those people that are kind of in that denial stage and not wanting to talk about it or? Um, Well, it's interesting because you, you kind of have to meet people where they are. Right. Mm -hmm. And, Um, We have a lot of family members who don't want to use the word hospice um, for their grandmother because they don't want grandma to know she's dying. And, and then grandma will also want to pretend like everything's okay and protect their family. And so I think what you guys are doing is like such a beautiful start. I mean, your, (laughs) your podcast is on hope and positivity. And I love that reached out to me because, (laughs) because, you know, death and dying, it's, it's not initially, uh, people don't associate hope and positivity with it, but, but there's actually so much beauty and, um, presence and peace that happens in this stage 
that it, it's kind of remarkable. And my that's why I just want people to show up when someone is dying and show up because then you just get more comfortable with it. And then you, when you inevitably have people in your life who die, you know, you'll, you'll just know more and you'll feel more comfortable with it. I mean, almost everybody says that they're so happy that they were there, you know, with their loved one. I don't have any regrets taking care of my mom. I right. mean, it's one of the most, it's probably the most profound thing I've ever been able to do in my life. And um, so I just want people to show up because then you're just exposed to it rather than run away, which is what most people want. (laughs) Yeah. Right. As you were talking about that, I was just thinking, I think that's so true that if we just show up for the moment or we, you know, we don't know when they're going to pass on that we're there intentionally and just helping them through that, that that's really all it is that we're showing up instead of saying, no, we're not going to show up. And um, yeah, I, I thought I'd share a funny story that the funeral um, the, <laughs> they told us last night, they said, this guy was always late for everything. And so in his little notes, when he was dying, he put that um, it's important that I'm late to my own funeral. And so they started it. And 10 minutes later, they roll him in. <laughs> And that wasn't, that's, was intentional. He did that because he was late to his own funeral. Like, that's hilarious. But, uh, and I, Beth, I agree with you. I think Jason and I, we have a really positive mindset. We talk a lot about hope and some people might think, oh, death isn't very hopeful and very positive, but it's a mindset. We, we believe in any situation, you can turn it into a positive one if you want. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. just how we believe. So Mm -hmm. very fascinating stuff that we're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, death also makes you, I mean, I bet going to that mortuary last night, it it really makes you think about how you're living in this moment. Right. right. I mean, you and your wife were probably a little bit nicer to each other last night. Right. (laughs) A little bit. That's what, that's what happens to me. You know, I come home and I like sit down with my kids a little bit more, you know, like when I, cause I think about it all the time, like I might die. Who knows when, you know, when my terminal illness is going to strike. So I just really does. I mean, I'm not great all the time, but I, it does foster the sense of urgency for the Mm -hmm. moment. So, yeah, I I mean, to, to, to blurt it out, the reality of it is that none of us are going to make it out of this life alive. And so, you, you know, I, I think that the sooner we face that and say, that is going to be the reality, there's going to be a point in time where I'm not, my body's not physically on this planet anymore unless it's buried underground. And so <laughs> make the best of that time that you're in right at the, at that moment. And I know none of us do that a hundred percent. Well, all the time, I'll be the first to admit that (laughs) I've made mistakes or whatever, but I think I agree with you that, that living in that moment and making sure that we, you know, take those times to, to let the people that we love know we love them right now. So, yeah. And you know, you, you just said your, our body's not going to be here in this 
you know, on this planet. But I, I also, I've had so many experiences where patients are communicating with their, so patients who are dying, they're communicating with their loved ones who've died before, mm-hmm. or, or they have, you know, one of their spiritual people, Jesus, God in the room with them, they have, um, they have their deceased loved one, you know, husband who died 10 years prior in the room with them. So I feel like, um, it's a really beautiful part of this process also is being connected to the divine and whatever that means to people. But I, I do also feel like what, you know, everybody has so many different viewpoints, of course, about, you know, what's beyond this life. Uh Um, But I think that's also a really important thing to think about and contemplate. I mean, I can't help but think that there's something beautiful and amazing after this. And I can't help but communicate with my, my people who have died. You know, I talk Uh to my mom all the time, you know, there, there's some of my spiritual gurus. So, um, I, I love that part of living. Actually. I I think it makes my life a little more interesting. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's beautiful that you said that, um, you know, you've had all these experiences where people have had those loved ones in their room, even though they might not physically be there, that in spirit, they're there, that Mm -hmm. I would imagine those are so touching moments that, um, you know, I've, I have only had one cousin who has shared something similar like that. Nobody else really has said anything like that to me, but that's what we're talking about, which is getting the hope and the positivity out of the whole situation, which is looking at that, you know, they might physically be dead, but that doesn't mean that they're gone. And like you and your parents, you're talking to your mom all the time and, and she's talking back to you. So that's such a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's pretty cool. (laughs) So Beth, we, we talk a lot about hope. It's really important to Jason and I, we've come up with what we call the double down dose. Are you ready for this? Yes. Double down dose. Okay. (laughs) If you can't see Beth, she's getting prepared. She's mentally and physically getting ready for this. Okay. You ready? Yes, I'm (laughs) ready. The the first question of the double down dose is simply this. How would you define hope? Um, I, I think hope is actually a practice that you also have to cultivate like compassion and it's a mindset that you have to practice. And I think it's, I mean, probably doing what you're doing, like the, let me think, I'm sorry, I'm being a little wordy without making any sense at all. Um, hope is seeing the light in the dark. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Uh, I agree. I don't, I don't even know how that came to me. <laughs> my mom. We will take yeah. it. <laughs> yep. It was your mom. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's, that is beautifully said. So the second part of the double down dose, um, that sometimes trips people up, but so I'm curious your take on it, but what, how would you define love or what would you say is love? Love feels like an emotion. It feels like connection. It feels, um, 
like happy and sad and joy and despair. It feels like it's the connection piece. It's like connection. When I think of all the things and people that I love in my life, I feel everything, you know, with these humans in my life. Um, and, and, um, yeah, love is a connection. I appreciate the fact that you paused for a second or two to really think about that question. I, and we love asking that because often we as humans don't think about it on a different level. Mm -hmm. And I could see that you went to the level that we are hoping everybody does so that you just ponder what it really means to you, not just, oh yeah, it's this and that, Mm -hmm. but you could sense that you really are thinking about that simple question. What is love? And (laughs) easy question, (laughs) easy question, but it's not easy. It's not easy. (laughs) not easy to answer. (laughs) Yeah. I just love that you pause for a second and, uh, you know, just gathered your thoughts and we love asking those two questions. You guys have definitions for it. (laughs) Hope to me is a, a positive outlook on the future. So just Mm -hmm. looking to the future in a positive way, believing that things are going to go better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I would, I, I would, add to that and say that it's not looking in the past so the past is the past and i'm not worried about it and so i'm only looking from today into tomorrow and the next day of of what i would like to accomplish and help people to experience and grow in their life i love that and how about love for you guys (laughs) Love to me, love to me, you know, it is an easy question, but it, it, I think it's so difficult for people to express in words because you feel it so deeply. And so, um, you know, for me, love is, is the center of my life. It's the center of my universe. And so when you love somebody or love, you know, something uh, like a dog or whatever, you know, that Mm -hmm. love is going to radiate outwards. And, and I just picture it as an energy, you're sending that energy out to everything that you feel so deeply about, but you don't have words to express it. Mm. Wow. And I would say, I, I agree with both of you, what love is, I would simply add that for me, love, it can be a feeling, but it's more about action. And the things that you're doing to develop that love for whomever or whatever you have that, that feeling for it is a feeling, but it's more the action to get that feeling. It, and what Jason was talking about energy, we talk a lot about. So the energy that you're putting out, which could be love for everybody, it's going to come back to you. I don't believe mm-hmm. that's karma because I don't mm-hmm. believe in that stuff. I just mm-hmm. think the energy that you're putting out is going to come back to you. So if you have a negative mindset and you're putting that energy out, guess what's going to come back. Yeah. You're, you're going to struggle with life and all of these things that we're talking about. So wow. good questions, yeah. Beth. <laughs> I think we can drop the mic and go home. <laughs> Those are beautiful responses. You guys. 
Yeah, but we've actually, I don't remember ever being asked the, the question. So I, I appreciate that. You know, we, we ask every one of our guests and we always get completely different answers. So Beth, thank you so much for joining us today. We have really enjoyed this discussion. Uh, I can tell you, you are part of our family. <laughs> um, is, there, is there anything that you want to add at the end? Um, maybe how our listeners can get a hold of you or any just last tidbits that you want to share with us? Um, so I have a, I have a website, it's bethcavanaugh.com and people can see my book there. And I also have a blog, um, and a newsletter. I just, I want people to have information about death and dying so that they can be better prepared. I, I, I've never even discussed going to a mortuary at the age of the, the young age of whatever you are. <laughs> but but you know just to really contemplate that you are going to die at some point and so how do you want to move forward in this life I think that really informs can can be very informative Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) you know think about it I mean it's the thing that makes me keep doing the work that I'm doing and you know be nicer to my kids and my husband and, you know, it's buy a ticket to Hawaii. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Amen. (laughs) So I I think I I love that we talked about it, just like contemplating it and being intentional about it. And I love that you visited a mortuary last night, Shane. That's (laughs) Yeah, it really is. Lovely. Thank you so much for having me. Yep. Thank you so much. I haven't decided yet to go visit one of those so (laughs) but i know at some point i will so (laughs) anyway thank you so much beth for for joining us and and just sharing you know something that that is personal to people and you know uh, i mean i I believe that that is it is a sacred time you know that the end of life and um it can be a subject that's hard to talk about but so needed and necessary. Um, so thank you for coming on and, and sharing your, your light and, and love with us in the world on how to help these people. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I feel honored to be on your podcast. <laughs>